This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the fact that no one truly knows how eels reproduce. Ava. Not. Kill. Ava. You. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that believes that apes and man could coexist. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're continuing the trilogy, <laughs> whether you like it or not. No, uh, I liked it a lot, actually. I've actually seen this movie. I, I, I remember after like, I was like a half hour in and I was like, this all seems very familiar. <laughs> You're like, I've seen and this then, and then And then it all started clicking and I was like, yeah, I definitely watched this in the theaters. This is a movie where it's like, I, I was worried going into it because a lot of the times when you have a good first movie, sequels are always hard to like follow up with. Right. And I felt pretty much the same like going into this where I, I was thoroughly enjoyed by the end of it mm-hmm. just as much as Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I do always like a little bit more of like the post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. Because I think that just intrigues me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that like generally, like, I don't know, like there, there was so much emotional depth in the first one mm-hmm. and this one is not really, like, like there is, but like, it just doesn't quite hit in my opinion, like as hard, but it still hits in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I mean that first one really just like blew me away. Yeah. This one is a solid sequel for sure. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you give us? Well, I don't know. Do we do we really give us the extra people yeah. who came in? I'll, because I'll give you guys everybody kind of still goes, you know, copy and paste over, except for Jane Franco. Yeah, <laughs> and they kind of touch on him a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out in 2014. It was directed by Matt Reeves, who I am slowly becoming a huge fan of because mm-hmm. he did this. He did the sequel. He also did Cloverfield. Yep. Um. He did a couple of other things that like I really enjoyed. Oh, Let Me In. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah, and I was like, hmm. That's going to be for the Halloween this, yeah. this year. I that's, that's a good love one. that movie. And I was like, hmm, Matt Reeves. You got shout, some, shout out to my girlfriend who really didn't like it. <laughs> my my fiance really was like nervous the entire time because she does not like post apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. And like when the apes are just like charging, she's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> um, again, you have Andy Serkis in here who plays Caesar, your main character. You have Toby Keeble who plays Koba. Yeah. Pretty much the main antagonist. You have Jason Clark who plays Malcolm. And then you have really the only one that matters is Gary Oldman who plays Dreyfus. And I was honestly a little disappointed with Gary Oldman. In what way? If you watch the trailer, it makes it seem like Gary Oldman is like the main person with Caesar. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the human antagonist yeah yep he's like the main yeah he's like the main bad guy but i don't know yeah like i kind of agree like he, he at the end like when he when he blows up the tower and it just doesn't do much like it, <laughs> it's like it kind of stop them all it, it kind of just shakes some stuff around and like it just yeah. didn't really do much it doesn't even destroy the whole tower no no <laughs> Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so this is the continuation of Rise, and now we have a growing nation of genetically evolved apes led by Caesar, um, and they are threatened by a band of human survivors of a devastating virus unleashed a decade earlier. So yeah, this movie's like 10 years after yeah, the, uh, the first one. Hit. Yeah, and pretty much mankind is like has been like drastically reduced mm-hmm. to like what seems like just a handful of people pretty but you much know what, you know though? there's a lot of people in that city yeah still. yeah but i mean comparatively to like you know 
a population of like New York City or something like there's not right so yeah. there's like humankind is like really hurting and the apes are like totally fine mm-hmm. one thing that I really liked about this movie is that you get the opening shot of the apes mm-hmm. in like their kind of like forest where they've kind of built their home and fortress and whatnot and the one great thing about this film is that you're kind of rooting for the apes versus the like over the humans. Oh, like you you want the humans to win. I mean, you want the apes to win over the humans in the in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like necessarily the case with the other films because I honestly haven't really seen any of them. Yeah. But in this film, you get like this really great these great scenes of like them just being like so humane to one another and just like living in like pure harmony and like no arguments, no fighting. Everyone's got their roles. They all do their thing. They all look out for one another. And, and then you get like that, like that flash cut to like the humans. And it's like, we need technology (laughs) to be happy. And it's just like, (laughs) and it's like, the the thing where it's like the one guy says is like oh like they don't even need power to survive and yeah. it's like yeah we suck we need that <laughs> yeah he's we like, like they, the don't, they don't need heat they don't need they don't need anything like mm-hmm. that's what that's what makes them so strong yeah I did like too like in the commune that they have where you have Maurice the orangutan who's actually teaching the young apes like how to how to read and like how to speak yeah. and I was like that's a really cool like small little touch to show like how much they're advancing yeah and how peaceful like they are yeah and essentially this is what this is like like it's so like kind of depressing this movie like when bit. you get to the end because it's like this whole thing is a giant misunderstanding yes and like <laughs> but it's like the worst misunderstanding ever mm-hmm. And like it's just so upsetting that that they made it that Koba, another ape, mm-hmm. is like kind of the reason as to why they go to war. Yeah, and why uh, why the humans end up being you know going against the apes and the apes go against the humans. Although I really like the the dynamic between Malcolm and Caesar. Yeah, I did too. Because like they, you could tell like they really had like a good bond. Yeah. And even so, like, later on when they're talking to each other and they bring up Will from the first movie, and it's like, oh, who was that? He was, like, a good man just like you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. you, you have this bond between them. Mm-hmm. I could almost say, too, like, from Rise, you can almost see early on that Koba's going to be somewhat of a threat later on. Yeah, like, you could tell that he's, like, just... Like I mean, from his face, yes. like <laughs> he's the bad guy. Yeah, like, like, like it's pretty clear. No good guy has a scar <laughs> and like a blind eye. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then we get to a point in which the apes are living their lives, the humans are living their lives, and the humans decide to go into the forest. And then basically, the humans show up with their guns, and they run into I think Blue Eyes and Ash. Yeah. And then one of the guys, his name is like fucking Garver. Is that what his name? Yeah. No, it's like oh Carver. Carver. Yeah. yeah. Carver ends up shooting Ash and killing Ash. And then thus begins the tension mm-hmm. between man and ape. And what a cool shot too! Like when all of the apes when like, they're running, dude, it's fucking ter- terrifying. Not, not only that, but like when they charge like the the city. Oh and, like, yeah, they're the just fucking all horses. there. <laughs> and and oh. Gary Oldman is just like, there's a lot more than eighty of them. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty badass. Uh, yeah, when they fucking charge the city and they're all all on horseback, it's like you know what, T- take <laughs> take the city, it's fine. Like, but isn't that kind of like oppression too? Because it's like, hey, we were apes and we're animals, and yet we're riding other animals. Yeah, but horses are like 
you know. <laughs> Dumb? No. <laughs> horses are my favorite animal. Um, horses, you know, that's, that's just, that's like that's wild their- west and earlier than that. Like, that's how people, like, got around. Mm-hmm. Like, apes are not driving, like, they're not going to roll up in a Cadillac, like, b- bumping, <laughs> <laughs> bumping. Well, like- they could. <laughs> they learned how to use guns. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although, how do they, I don't feel like they knew how to reload. Their guns? Yeah. Well, because they're not, they don't, who, the humans? No, the the apes. apes. Well, yeah, because they don't use guns. Well, yeah. They learn how to use the guns. It seemed like they knew how to reload it, though, because they're just firing on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're apes. They're smart. (laughs) Ten years (laughs) of They're genetically smarter than us. They are. Um, And then, yeah, so so basically Caesar and Koba kind of lead the apes to the city, and... They're basically like, you guys better stay in your fucking territory. <laughs> and the humans are like, whoa, all right. Yeah, we just wanted to get the water thing going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So that's like kind of like the big thing is, wh- did they even touch on this movie? Because I don't know if I just missed it. Did they touch on why all of the people live in the tower? Um, it, No, but it just kind of seems like where it's it's the best situation for them. Plus the tower is tall enough where if they could get a signal out... I think it's just high enough that it could reach like other cities to get in contact right, with Right, but isn't that kind of like a one-man job or like a small team? Like why does yeah. everybody live there? It's like it's kind of like dread, like <laughs> you know, like yeah. in dread when everyone lives in like those weird tower things. It's like why is everyone living in that one tower for some reason? And I don't know if they actually like ever fully explained it. In dread they did cuz like overpopulation. Well, yeah, right. In this movie not so much cuz it's just like hey, here's a handful of people. Right. It's not spread out. Let's just like be in this one city. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. I, it, it's just I thought it was like kind of interesting. Mm. I I did really enjoy too because like the one thing that I wanted going into this was the progression of CGI, yeah. and it definitely delivered. Like you can almost say like there's nothing in here where it doesn't look like it's actually an ape. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that because. From the first movie, like, while it was still really good CGI, you can tell at points, like, how it crumbles a little bit, mm-hmm. and you can tell that it's CGI. In this, they really bumped it up to where it almost looks like it's lifelike. Yeah. Like, every single ape looks like they just went to a zoo and was like, all right, I'll take 12 of them. Let's let's go shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and I imagine that the next one would probably be even better. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, the CGI. I mean, I, I will say that, like, there's a lot more CGI in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like, the action scenes and stuff. Yeah. Like, at, towards, like, the end. I mean, it's, there's a lot more. And I think some of it's kind of noticeable. Like, when the tower starts crumbling, it's yeah. like, oh, this is... These these giant yellow arms definitely look like video game, like, graphics. But but good video game graphics. Yeah. But still... Still decent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely a lot more CGI in this one than uh, what in, in the uh, first one. Yeah. I will say this movie is gorgeous to look at. Oh, though. yeah. Definitely. Like, a lot of the shots... Like, when Koba is leading the army into the city, and you have that shot of all the apes just, like, running, and he's, like, walking on the flagpole. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous shot. Yeah. Where, like, again, how we talked about when all of them show up, and, like, they're standing there, and Caesar's telling them, like, you stay here, we'll stay there, we want no contact. Yeah. Gorgeous. And then when the firefight is going on, and Koba gets into the tank, and that really smart shot of, like, putting it off to the side of the tank and just having it stationary camera like revolving around. Yeah. My favorite shot in the film. Yeah, it's 
it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the apes go to the city. They say, stay in your fucking territory. Then Malcolm's like, whoa, let's have a peace treaty, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of get like, like th- they end up going there. They're like, hey, we want this hydro plant to power the city because we need unlimited power. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, Caesar's like, yeah, you guys can come, but you guys can't have like guns. Mm-hmm. So then you have like the crew, one of the, the guy who fucking shot Ash. Yeah, Carver. Carver. And then like a, like a small hand, like Malcolm's wife is there and his kids. And that was the kid from Let Me In, ironically yeah. enough. He's he's a weird looking guy. No offense, but like. He's very scrawny. He's, his, his face is just. He was also in that weird like zombie movie, <clears throat> I think, too, where it's like they like it's a zombie that falls in love with a regular girl. Warm bodies. Yeah. I never saw that movie. Yeah, I didn't either. I heard good things about that movie. Did you? I heard, I, yeah. Everyone was like, it's surprisingly like not bad. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and then, you know, it, you kind of get like a cliche moment that I think it happens a lot in movies where there's this type of plot where it's like there's two people that don't like each other mm-hmm. and then they kind of start forming a bond with one another and they start liking each other and then something happens and then they don't like each other again. And that's kind of exactly what happens in this movie where mm-hmm. it's like you get, but it, it's necessary. Like it, it happens very much in like uh 10 Cloverfield lane. Mm-hmm. Like she gets, she gets kidnapped and then she's like trying to get out, trying to get out. And then eventually she kind of accepts it. Then they have like that nice montage of them like cooking and playing games. And then all of a sudden shit hits the fan again. And then this, it's like, they're all getting together. They're kind of like all the tension has kind of settled. They're kind of all starting to trust one another. Yeah. And then that baby monkey finds the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause for a split second, like it seems like they could coexist. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, like they find the gun and Caesar, I thought was like going to shoot somebody at first, but being who he is where he just wants peace, mm-hmm. like throws the gun in the river Yeah. and puts a halt to it. Yeah. And he's like, get out. Yeah. But then they end up saving Caesar's wife. Yeah. Yeah, because she's sick. I guess it, it was kind of like a like a side thing that was just kind of like I don't know. It was kind of like weird. <laughs> yeah, and you also had like the angsty teenager son of Caesar who like just wants to like defy him. Yeah, and I was like, I don't really need this. <laughs> it kind of comes back full circle because it's like okay, when he realizes that Koba is an asshole. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that does come back at the end, which is actually a pretty powerful moment. Yeah, because when Koba is like kill them. And they're like, no, that's not what Caesar wanted. Yeah. And then don't. he takes blue eyes and tosses her over. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. Koba's is fucking savage in this movie. Yeah. I like Koba as a as an antagonist because too. he he actually has, like, this kind of, like, depth to him where he believes that Caesar likes the humans more than the apes mm-hmm. and basically takes advantage of, of a situation and shoots, shoots Caesar. Mm-hmm. And Caesar just fucking falls out of a tree, like, you know, 50 feet or whatever. There was, like, a split second, too, where you're like, did he miss? Yeah. Because Caesar just looks on and is like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, he dr- and he drops, and then Koba takes over and is like, he blames the humans yeah. for killing Caesar. Mm-hmm. And then Koba's like, we're going to go fucking fight the humans. Yeah. And then they start putting people in cages. And then that's immediately, I started getting flashbacks to Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, oh, God, no, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that is like the only other Planet of the Apes movie that I saw. And it's garbage. (laughs) The the Tim Burton one? Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. (laughs) It's not a good one. No. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's from there on out, it's pretty much just like, 
nonstop. Like military's gonna come in. Mm-hmm. We're gonna destroy. We're, we're going because we hear what's going on. Malcolm's like, uh, and then Malcolm ends up, ends up finding Caesar. And one of my favorite moments was when they brought him back to the home. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people realize that like right out of the gate. But like as soon as I saw like the window, mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck. And then also really convenient that you picked this place. Yeah, of course. But still, like, really, really cool because you have something that ties in from the last movie then. Yeah. And it brings back, like, all these feelings of Caesar that, you know, people aren't all bad. Right. And the same thing, too, where it's like he realizes with Koba that all apes aren't good. Right, yeah, because that's kind of, like, one of, like, the, the takeaways from this movie is that, like, in this film, it's like apes can be just as corrupt kind of like as man. Yeah, where like the first movie was all about like being oppressed and like and and not having where people take apes seriously and then this movie is more of like the destruction of man and coexisting. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a nice transition for like meanings. Yeah. It's still powerful. Mm-hmm. Um not as powerful as the first movie but still really powerful. Yeah. And then, you know, Caesar's like, I gotta go, like, fuck up. I gotta go win this war. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he says, you know, he says goodbye, he goes, and then he fucking, they, you know, honestly, the fight between Caesar and Coba is pretty fucking awesome. It is cool. Like, <laughs> them just, like, battling on the tower. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And, like, that final line, too, where it's, like, when Coba's, like, hanging. Yeah. And it's, like, apes don't kill apes. And yeah. he's, like, you are no ape. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, that really was. That is a Lion King moment, though. It, well, that, you know what's funny that you mentioned that is because, like, that's kind of, like, what I was getting. I, I, I've never seen Lion King. I know. But um, I've it felt like when Coba took over, it mm. felt like With a Scar. Lion King moment. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know enough about Lion King. Yeah, long live the king. So, uh, <laughs> um, we'll so, do Lion King at some point because that's actually more of a badass movie than a lot of people realize. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, they end up, like Gary Oldman ends up blowing up the tower. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. Again, like he's for me, he's not really like a like yeah. like a, that great of a villain. He's yeah. kind of just like a dude that ends up getting. He ends up crying after they get technology because. He gets his iPad to charge. <laughs> and you know what, too? What's funny is, like, the pictures of him, like, with his kids, that's yeah. actually him with his kids. Yeah. That's just, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I I was just disappointed because it's like, Gary Oldman is such a great actor, and you make it seem in the trailer like he is, like, the main star with Caesar, and he's nothing, really. Like, it's all Malcolm. Yeah. And they don't even show Malcolm in the trailer. Yeah. So... But I really like the guy that plays Malcolm. Malcolm. Jason Clark. Yeah, I really like him a lot. I've actually. seen him in other things too. So I, I recently watched The Devil All the Time. I finally got around mm. to it because I've only heard bad things, mostly about Robert Pattinson. He just doesn't side want to note, take like side note. Uh, mm. He's not that bad in the yeah, movie. I, actually, like, did you see it? No, no, I, no, no. He's I, not he, that bad. Like, mm-hmm. toward the last scene that he's in, he gets a little over the top. Mm-hmm. But generally, I actually think he's actually really, really good in the movie. Well, that's just because he doesn't want to take like acting. Like yeah. classes for for accents. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, Jason Clark is in the the Devil of Time, and he plays a really interesting fucking character. Um, and I I do want to do that movie at some point because it that, was really good. That is a movie that like since the trailer came out, I wanted to check it out. And yeah. like you, like I've heard nothing but bad things about it. And that yeah, scares me because like it looks awesome. I like. I actually really liked it. Um, anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gary Oldman blows up the tower. They fight. And then, yeah, you have that really powerful moment where Caesar rejects Koba as an ape, yeah. kind of like saying, like, 
you know, you are the reason why all of this is happening. Mm-hmm. We're about to go to war with humans because of you. And this was not like the intention. Like we were trying to like live in harmony and you just come around trying to be like fucking dick swinging. You yeah. know, <laughs> like we take over. Yeah. And then he has another really powerful moment with Malcolm Caesar mm-hmm. where kind of like acknowledges like, listen, humans and apes are not going to get along anymore. You need to take you and your family out of here because there's like shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah. And that's, I thought that was a really powerful moment. I don't. I don't know if I could necessarily say that I that I've necessarily felt like it was a justified moment. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if like I I fully bought Caesar and Malcolm's like bond at the end. Yeah, like to to be that close. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Like I would maybe have to rewatch it just because I don't know. Like it, Malcolm and Caesar only have like they have a very finite amount of scenes together. But I mean the ones that they do have are pretty powerful, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like that that last conversation that they have is like. I don't know. It just, I don't know if I necessarily felt like it was like really like justified. I mean, in a sense, cause like for me, you have it constantly throughout the film where it's like, they say trust to each other mm-hmm. and like they got to the point where if nothing else, they trust each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end where Malcolm is trying to saying like, Hey, you got to get out of here. Like shit's going to hit the fans. And he's like, no, you got to get out of yeah, here because yeah. shit's really going to hit the fan <laughs> and I don't want your family around here for yeah. it. And I thought that was like at least a touch. So for me, it it felt like there was that bond created by yeah. the end. And then you have like almost a God type scene for Caesar when like yeah, everybody's I mean, holding. I don't know if I would say it a God. It's more <laughs> like it's a leader scene. It's like a king of kings type. It's like he is. I mean, obviously, like you would say, I would guess I would say that Caesar the name Caesar alone mm-hmm. is like obviously a reference to Julius Caesar, I would say, and him being one of the greatest Roman, you know, emperors ever mm-hmm. and being like, uh, I don't know, like you do get the dawn, like the, like the dawn, like <laughs> yes. the sunrise and all that mm-hmm. coming. And it's like, it's, it's pretty cool. It is. When they all like bow to him and Caesar's just standing there. It's like, yeah, you, you, you're pretty badass. It was a really cool ending for it. And I was almost like, I was going through the credits to see like if they would set up for the third one mm-hmm. and they didn't, which is fine. Cause like, even if you capped it off here, it's like, okay, I got enough of like what civilization is like now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't, I, I think that the takeaways from this film are, are there. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there's like, like a really like big, thing about technology like and how reliant we are on it and and whatnot that like the the writers were trying to like say um but i don't know man that first one just hit different (laughs) yeah it just it had like a much more powerful message disguised in an ape film and i really liked that as opposed to this one where it is kind of more of like an action film Mm -hmm. and that's fine that it's going to go that route but again like with the first film it was more of like a message to be said yeah and that's fine. Yeah. I would imagine that the next one is just going to be all out fucking just just war. Like just I mean that's literally what it's called. Yeah. Uh, but I would imagine that it's probably just going to be almost like a nonstop action movie, which okay. I guess I guess like when you get to a trilogy that is so like well made mm-hmm. and the first one is all about character development and then the second one has a little a mix of both where it's character development and action. And then the third one goes like full blown action. Like I guess that third one has is justified. Yeah. Because you've already had the character development and whatnot, you know? Yeah, like looking at it at a whole of yeah. a trilogy, you're like, okay, like Yeah. And Matt Reeves directed that one too. So mm-hmm. it's cool to see where he's continuing the story that he's already created. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah. So I mean, overall, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. A little it, bit less than 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 uh, Rise, yeah. but I don't remember what I gave the rating for Rise, but I'm gonna give this like eight guns out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. Um, so I don't know how much you know about. I know about the comics, <laughs> no, the comic I books. I don't. I don't. Um, so little side story, like uh, when I was in college, I would not go to class a lot. <laughs> I know ins- this story. And instead read comics in my car. Right. Uh, and now Zach is the CEO of Comic <laughs> Books and Cars. <laughs> comic Book Co. <laughs> so one of the comics that I used to read all the time was Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Oh, right. Yeah. And I don't know how much you know about Spawn. Like, Spawn is actually really, really cool. Like, mm-hmm. the story itself of an ex-military man who becomes a mercenary who gets killed and then goes to hell. And the devil is like, I'll bring you back, but you're going to be one of my hell spawns. Mm-hmm. And him just coming back and having, like, all these supernatural powers while still using guns and getting revenge on the people that murdered him. Mm-hmm. Really cool idea. Fast forward a little bit. In 1997... There was an HBO show that was picked up of Todd McFarlane's Spawn. And while it's not like super, super great, like <laughs> it, it's aged a little bit. It's got like that, that like early 2000s like animation that I like a lot. Oh, it's animated? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. They made a movie, didn't they? Yeah, the movie's not that good. It, was that Guillermo del Toro? No. No? I forgot who did that, but. Um, I remember not enjoying that movie at all. Yeah, the CGI is horrendous <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> like, god awful. I guess Spawn looks kind of cool. Yeah, Spawn as a whole, like, how he looks is awesome. Yeah. Um, but what really sold me is the animated TV show has Keith David as Spawn. Mm. And you can say what you want about Keith David as an actor, but... But his voice. His voice <laughs> is fucking golden. <laughs> and to have, like, this brooding, like, calm voice to this brooding character yeah was really awesome and to transition it for three seasons um continuing like a story it unfortunately didn't finish like capping off like right. what the story really could be but it does cap off like a decent portion of what he goes through and at least has like an antagonist in chapel mm-hmm. who was his friend in the war oh, okay yeah turned mercenary against him so gotcha. that was really cool um, but each episode is only, I think, like 15 minutes long. So okay, yeah. So you can honestly get through the three seasons relatively quick. Yeah. Um, and it's just bloody. Um, it's They swear in it. Like it, It's got like a lot of cool like adult stuff that we like nowadays because we're adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Barely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> so for my recommendation, it's HBO's Spawn. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Frank, what are we doing next for well, our discussion? Well, uh, Zach, I want to do a topic that I think has a very it, like it, it can be really funny mm-hmm. and also just just upsetting and just angry, um, and that is going to be our most disappointing movies. Doesn't have to be a top five list, just movies that maybe we were really, really excited to see, saw the trailer for it, like this is gonna be awesome, and then it just fucking fell flat on its face. <laughs> um, so 
uh, I'm interested to hear like your top your your movie picks. I think that um, it's going to be honestly pretty funny. So, I feel like we're going to have like very different movie. Maybe picks. yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, look forward to that. So Zach, take us out. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Now Frank, war has already begun. <laughs>